Amen. Amen. Yeah, we've been singing about today the faithfulness of God and how He expects you and I to live faithful also. So the title message today is Live Faithfully. And before we start, I'm going to ask uh, Mr. Brian Newman if he would pray, please. You know, a star is always shining, but the only time we see this star shining is when it gets dark. Darkness allows the light to shine. And as Christians, we are called to shine our light to a generation of people that prefer the darkness. The Bible tells us that is our calling in life. And sometimes God will bring situations and circumstances and struggles into our life that he wants to teach us how our light can shine so that when we are living in a perverse and a crooked generation, in spite of the issues that we might have, in spite of the struggles that we might have, he allows our light to still shine in the darkness. That is what we've been called to do. And today we're going to look at a couple of guys that did that. A couple of guys that lived faithfully. A couple of guys that decided their faith in in God was more important than anything else in their life. And because they wanted their light to shine in the darkness of their environment, we find that they had a huge, huge impact on the lives of a whole bunch of folks. And that is what God wants us to do, to be able to shine our light in spite of the circumstances we find ourselves in so that the darkness of the world that we live in, our light will continue to shine brighter and brighter and brighter. God is faithful. We too are to live faithfully, which is the title of the message. Today we'll be in the book of Daniel. It's in the Old Testament. Uh, chapters 1 and chapter 3 and part a little bit of chapter 4. I am uh, here to tell you this is part of some of the best chapters, the best verses that I like. Maybe the best uh, Christmas, Christmas Christian story in the Old New Testament that I enjoy so much. Since this is graduation Sunday, I will be 
may be directing my words towards Lakeland as she begins her college and begins her future adult life. But I also believe that that the message today should be an encouragement to you also. Yeah, I'll be speaking to her, but I think this applies to all of us. That as Christians, we are called to be faithful. We are called to be the people that he wants us to be. He's called us to be a light in a dark community, and we are called to do that. And we're going to look at four guys today, specifically three guys, out of the book of Daniel, the beginning of Daniel. And these three guys, I believe, shows us what it means to live faithfully for the Lord in spite of being in a very dark environment. So we'll look in Daniel 1 first. And I've I've pulled out five different things, five things I want to pull out from the verses today that I think will speak to Lakeland, I think will speak to all of us as we begin this life shining our light for the Lord. The first thing I want to show you today is I believe that life changes. Life changes. And we know life changes. For Daniel and for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, their life changed a whole bunch. Here they are, Jewish boys living in Jerusalem. Uh, About the age of 17, they say. Living the teenage life, hanging out with friends, going to school, going to synagogue on Sundays, learning about God's will, having godly parents that tried to instruct them along how life should be. And they were just doing their thing. I would even suggest maybe as, as they were growing up, they maybe even played softball and basketball. I don't know. The Bible doesn't say that, but they very easily could have been doing that. Enjoying life as the teenagers. But then something happened. Something happened that God had foretold through the years. Did not catch God by surprise a bit. That Jerusalem, where these boys lived, was overrun by the king of Babylon, King Nebuchadnezzar. Here they are, life is good, and the next day here comes this invading army. And they take Daniel and, and, and Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego and, and, and they take a whole bunch of those teenage guys, maybe hundreds of them from Jerusalem. And they capture them and they take them to Babylon. And they're going to force them to live in this foreign country. I can't imagine what that would have been like. Seventeen captured, imprisoned, taken 700 miles away from your home and from your parents. I would suggest their life changed on that day, didn't it? Their life changed big time. And as they got there and they started spending time in in Babylon, the Bible tells us that they found themselves into the courtyard of King Nebuchadnezzar. And what they had, what happened to them while they were there, the Bible tells us that they were Castrated, They were became eunuchs so that they would never be able to reproduce any more Jewish children. And they find themselves in the, in the courtyard of the king, neutered, if you would. What a huge change in their life. I mean, here they are, captive. Here they are in another country. 
Here they are. Life is changing for them. And what will they do? I don't know about you, but they probably thought, man, this, this is the good life. God, where, where are you, God? I don't believe I can see you here. Their life has changed. You know, a biblical point there is that God had a perfect plan for those guys' lives. Did you know it? For those four guys, God had a perfect plan for them. But this plan seemed to be starting off pretty slow, didn't it? Captured another country, neutered. What are they going to do? God had a perfect plan. And I'm here to tell you, Lakeland, God has a plan for you too. Did you know it? God has a perfect plan for you. He has a perfect plan for all of us that he wants to give to us. Because he says this is the best way to do it. And sometimes strife and difficulties and circumstances happen. And we wonder, where are you, God? Just like these, these guys must have. And yet God has a plan. And, and as we remain faithful, we will see that the light of these four teenagers shone bright in the darkness. And we can see how their life had an impact on the lives of every one of those folks around them. You know, I would urge, Lakeland, I'd urge all of us to understand that God can be trusted. God knows exactly what he's doing. Nothing caught God by surprise. Matter of fact, God knew that those four boys on that day at that time would be in Jerusalem dealing with what they were having to deal with. I always remember Romans 8.28 as a very important verse. And we know, <laughs> and we know God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. And did you know in the lives of these four men, God was going to cause all those things to work out for good. And I'm here to tell Lakeland and all of us, God will take your circumstances, whatever it is, and he'll make something good out of them for your good and for his glory the second thing I want to see real quickly about life there are choices in life are there not there are choices that we will have to make you know these guys had had to make some difficult choices as they're there they had to decide will we stand for the Lord or we will we compromise our faith so that we can be popular with everybody else and you know how hard that would have been, that decision for these four guys? I mean, they really easily, very easily could have been mad at God. Taken from a country. Look what they've done to me now. I'm away from everything. They very easily could have, God, where are you? They could have been mad at God. They're a long way from home. Nobody would know if they, if they decided just to compromise like all the rest of them did. And they had to make a choice. Do I stand for God or do I stand with the crowd and allow the crowd to influence me? And you know the story. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Eat this, they were told. Drink this, they were told. Think like this. Wear these clothes. Because we are going to make you into a somebody that you're not we're going to make you into a Babylonian and not a Jew anymore we're going to take everything that you know is valuable and we're going to take that away from you 
what would they do? When that temptation came, when those trials came, they already knew what they were going to do. They had already decided. You see, these were strong Jewish boys. I believe they were Nazarites, if you would. And a Nazarite is someone who swears off of alcohol. They would never drink any alcohol, just like Samson did. I believe these boys were those kind of boys. And they had made a commitment years ago never to touch alcohol. And they remembered that when temptation came. They knew about Leviticus 11, where it talks about in Leviticus 11 that strong Jewish people would would not eat anything that would defile them. And the king was asking them to eat stuff that would defile them. You see, they had been been taught and they had believed and they stood on these 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 Jewish religious mosaic law principles. And when the temptation came, they decided beforehand how they were going to deal with that temptation. We read in in verse 8 there of chapter 1, just the first part of it there, and it says Daniel and I believe the rest of those three boys made up their minds that they would not defile themselves with the king choice of food or the wine which he drank. They had decided beforehand. And to Lakeland, I would encourage you too, before you go off to school, that you have made the decision when struggles and temptations and college life comes in and the stresses life come, you have already made up your mind what you're going to do with those kinds of things. It is so much easier knowing before it happens on you than to do it when you have to make a spur-of-the-moment decision. These guys decided beforehand, I will not turn my back on my Lord. And Lakeland, I pray that that will be your, your decision. Because of their faithfulness, because of their stand for the Lord, we see in verse 9, it says, And God granted Daniel and the boys compassion and favor in the sight of everybody else. You know, the Bible says, I, uh, God sees everything. He knows everything. You're going to do this for me, God would say. I'm going to bless you guys because of it. Doesn't make life any easier. But God said, I grant you favor. I grant you blessings because of the strong stand that you boys are making. That can apply to you and I today. As we walk faithfully with the Lord, we find favor with the Lord. And he longs to bless us. You see, their light was shining in a dark area. And the king took notice of what was going on in their life. In chapter 3, we read about another decision, another choice that these guys had to make. Oh, my goodness. A life or death choice. You see, they were told they had to bow down to this 90-foot statue of Nebuchadnezzar. They were told that you will bow down, you will submit, you will worship, you will honor this huge, huge statue because you were required as a Babylonian to honor the king. Bow down or die, they were told. Bow down, and if you don't, you'll be thrown into the fiery furnace. I can't imagine what was going through their minds at that point. Man, are you kidding me? We're going to have to do this again. We've got to make this choice again. But this time, if we decide the wrong way in the eyes of the world, we're dead. We're dead. They're going to kill us. 
and they had to make the choice. Was their faith in God more important than compromising their faith? Was it worth it to stand for the Lord? Or would it be better just this time, living in a foreign country, nobody will know, to compromise what they believed in? Well, we know what they decided. They weren't going to compromise, would they? They weren't going to, to give up on their faith that they had. And they were going to make a choice that would lead possibly to their death. We all have to make choices in this world, don't we? We all have to decide, are we going to stand strong in the faith or give it up and compromise and let just go with the flow? Life is full of choices. Which ones will you make? And we know as, as life goes on, that as we make choices, there's also consequences to those choices in there. There's always going to be a consequence. There's always going to be something that will happen. And that happened to these three guys. When the, sta- when the statue was out there, they refused to bow down. Some of their friends told on them. And we know the consequences. They were ordered to go to the king. Hey, the king wants to talk to you, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He wants to visit with you. And we know the story. They came and they visited with the king. And the, and the king liked these guys. I mean, he, they had no, he had noticed something different about them. And he liked them. And he gave them a second chance. Boys, all you got to do when the music starts, bow down. Worship this statue. And you'll be free to go. Go live your life. Free to go. And we know the response. And and the response is, I love this response. The response is so good. It shows you who they were in the Lord. And that response begins in verse 17 of chapter 3. And I think he's going to put it up there. But man, it is. This is their response to the king. If it be so, our God, whom we serve is able to deliver us from the furnace of the blazing fire. God can deliver. And he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. Don't take a personal king, but my God is bigger than you. But then it says in verse 60, but even if he does not, (laughs) even if he does not, let it be known to you, O king, that we are not going to serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Wow. It ain't going to happen. My God can deliver me. And if he chooses not to, it's okay because I know my God is faithful to me. And I got to thinking about that. What faith? What faith? You go, yeah, that's faith. Yeah, yeah, man, you bet. Do we live with that kind of faith? Do we... Do we, as school kids, do we go to school and we go to college and live that faith? Do we go to work every day and have that kind of faith when we have people around us that don't believe like we do? That don't think like we do? That don't have a love for God that we do? And even if he doesn't deliver us, oh, king, we're not going to bow down. Even if he doesn't deliver us, family work we're still not bowing down you see that's living your faith out isn't it 
That's, that's understanding the consequences and, and keeping the faith wherever you are, at work, at the restaurant, at the coffee shop, at school, no matter where it is, you've decided I will not compromise my faith. Lakeland, there are consequences for every decision. Some, some consequences are good and some consequences are not so good. But I would urge you as you live your life, and all of us live our life, when we have to make choices and we have to look at circumstances and consequences in our lives, I would urge all of us to seek the Lord, to seek His opinion, to seek His wisdom, to find out how God wants you to decide and choose on an issue. And when you seek Him, the Bible says, you will find Him when you search with Him for all your heart and all your soul. And when you want to know that answer and you're thinking about what the consequences might be with what direction that you take, I'm asking you and telling you just to be patient with the Lord. Wait on the Lord. And the Bible promises as we wait on the Lord and we seek His face and we seek His wisdom that one day He will give us that. He will give us that choice. He will give us that decision in spite of the circumstances, in spite of the consequences. And I can promise you, you'll have peace that surpasses all understanding when you're willing to make the decision based on God's will for your life, knowing that He has a perfect plan for your life. The fourth thing I want to pull out of these verses real quick about life, there is Christ. A life lived in Christ. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and you know the story. The Bible says that they, were, they had all their trousers and their caps and their clothes and, and all kind of stuff on them, and they were tied up. And I think the reason that they had them like that was because those things would light quicker in a fire to make it fast. And the Bible says they, uh, the king was so mad at them that he, that he heated the, the ovens up seven times hotter than they're supposed to be. And the guys that were carrying them up there to throw them in, the Bible says the heat was so hot that it killed them. But yet they were able to throw them into the furnace. And there they are, tied up, burning, fiery furnace. Can you imagine? I can't imagine. But then, in verse 25, something happens. In verse 25, it says this. Nebuchadnezzar, he says, look, guys, I see four men loosed and walking about in the midst of the fire without any harm. And the appearance of the fourth is like the son of the gods. I'm here to tell you that fourth person in the fire was Jesus. That fourth person in the fire that unloosed those chains and unloosed those knots and kept those clothes from burning and kept that skin from getting burned was Jesus. And even a pagan like King Nebuchadnezzar saw that fourth person. He goes, man, he looks like he's the son of the gods. Well, he was not the son of the gods. He was the son of God who was in the fire with those four guys. You see, they were living faithfully, and when you live faithfully, God and Christ will be with you no matter, no matter what. God will walk through you 
as we walk through the fires and the storms of life, guess who's with us? Jesus. I'm reminded of the story back in the, uh, in the New Testament when the disciples were in the, in the, in the boat with Jesus and, and Jesus is uh, in the bottom of the boat and he's over there snoring away. And the storms came and the winds blew and the rain started coming and the disciples were twisting off. Oh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? And the boat was rocking and the boat was shaking and, and they were thinking, oh my, we're going to be thrown overboard. And finally, after all of this, all of that, they go, you know, hey, we got to go wake Jesus up. He's, he's fixing to go down with us. And you know the story, what happened? He gets up and he calms the storm. Calms the storm. You see, you see, Jesus never promises to keep us from the storm. Jesus never promises that we won't be in the fires of life. But he gives us a great promise where he says, I will never fail you nor forsake you. The things that you go through in this life, I will go with them with you. And I will be holding your hand with you. And, and yea, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will not fear because your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Aren't you glad, Christian, as we live this life and the storms and the fires of life come about us, that he's in the, in the fire and the storm with us, carrying us through there. Isaiah, Isaiah 43 Verses 2 and 3 says it this way, and it's just a perfect thing there. It says, when you pass through the waters of life, I'll be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overflow you or they will not drown you. They will not take you under when the rivers of life try to do that to you. When you walk through the fires of life, you will not be scorched. Neither will the flame burn you. Because I am the Lord your God, your Redeemer, and your Savior. See, that's a great promise, isn't it? And I, and I, and I pray for Lakeland, I pray for all of us, that when the storms of life come, we understand we're not there alone. He's going to carry us through there. Mark 6.50 says it this way real quick. Take courage, it is I. <laughs> Do not be afraid when the storms of life come. As you live your life faithfully for the Lord, there's one other point I want to give to you. When your light shines bright in the darkness, when you stand faithfully for the Lord and you choose not to compromise, the fourth thing we see in this story about life is there'll be conversions. There'll be changes in the lives of people. And is that not what happened? Because of the testimony of three brave young men, because Jesus came and performed a miracle, that the pagan king Nebuchadnezzar saw all that. And he saw what was happening. And we, and we see because of their faithfulness that Nebuchadnezzar was changed. Nebuchadnezzar had a heart change. He was an angry man. He was a mean man. He was probably bipolar. And if you didn't agree with him, off with your head. And yet something happened when these men stood strong for the Lord.
something happened when they saw when he saw a miracle in the furnace of the fire and he says oh my goodness look what happened and I want to read to you some verses what a witness for the Lord these three men gave even though it looked like their life was awful at the beginning where are you God God took their lives and what did he do with it? he made something really special out of it and God took those bad circumstances and he's making something good out of it because he changed the hearts of a king in verse 28 we see right after that and after the men are, are, are brought out and nothing has happened to them they don't even smell like smoke the king responds blessed be the God Sadrach, Meshach and Abednego who sent his angels well that was Jesus but he didn't know the difference and delivered his servants who put their trust in him see he knows what happened these guys put their trust in him they violated my command they yielded their bodies up for death so as not to serve or worship any other God except their own God. And even the king could see it. Even the most pagan person can see it. Even the person who has lost the most. When you don't think they see anything in your life. But they're watching. And they're seeing and they're seeing your light shine in that darkness. And the darker it gets, the brighter the light goes. That's what Nebuchadnezzar sees. And I promise you today in your life, people will do the same thing. Conversion will come to people when you stand strong for the Lord. When you let your light shine for Him. He even makes this declaration in verse 29. Anybody. You say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? I'm going to have my lions tear you to limb to limb. And I'm going to, I'm going to flatten your house. You do not say anything about the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And because of their faithfulness in verse 30, it says the king caused Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to prosper where they lived. God caused them to prosper because of their faithfulness. In verse 4, 1 through 3, I just want to read these real quickly. Nebuchadnezzar in verse 1, the king to all the peoples, nations, and men of every language that live on the earth. May your peace abound verse 2 it has seemed good to me to declare the signs and wonders which the most high God has done for me change of heart right there he's been converted I see the most high God has done for me he says how great are his signs how mighty are his wonders the kingdom is an everlasting kingdom that's God's kingdom and his dominion is from generation to generation what a conversion that man took. All because three young men took a stand for the Lord and let their light shine and to live faithful for Him. Lakeland, I would encourage you to stand for the Lord even when life is difficult. I would urge you to never turn your back on the Lord. Give Him glory. Live faithfully for Him. You want to be successful in this life? You live for the Lord. And the Bible says he will prosper you financially, maybe. Spiritually, yeah. A whole bunch. Life will constantly change. And we all know that. We all know that there's going to be choices every day on how to live. Are we going to live faithfully? Are we going to compromise? 
We know that there are consequences to those choices that we make. But if we live a life with Christ, if Christ is the centerpiece of our life, it will have a huge impact on people around us in this dark world. And people will be changed. People will be converted. People will begin to praise holy God and His Son, Jesus, because of the impact that your life has because you have lived faithfully for the Lord. In closing, I want to leave you with one more verse that I think helps. And you know this verse. It's, for, it's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. What a great anthem to live, to base your life on. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. I, I, I just know those guys, those three, did not lean on their own understanding. Because if they did, they would never have been able to be faithful like they were. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will make your paths straight. And another word for straight is successful. Now that's wisdom to live by. Trust in the Lord. Believe in him. Stand on his promises. Not on your own weakness, but on him. Life will be successful. I would urge you, like Lynn and all of us, to let your light shine. And as your light shines for Christ, live a life faithful. You will impact the lives of other people. And is that not why we've been called? Is that not why we're still here? (laughs) It's to impact other people's lives for the kingdom. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time. Father, we thank you for the invitation time. Father, we thank you for the message. Father, I pray that uh, we'll be a people that live faithfully for you. That we'll be a people that will never compromise. Never compromise within our family. Never compromise at work. Never compromise.